If you will this morning, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, a very, very familiar passage to you. But I want you to turn, if you will, to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 6. And I'm going to read down through verse number 8. As I said, uh, most of you immediately are going to recognize the text. But uh, I want to magnify this thought this morning from the Word of God. I am now ready. I am now ready. Now, notice, if you will, beginning in verse number 6, the Apostle Paul is here writing. He is concluding this will be the last letter that he will write and he's writing to a young man by the name of Timotheus or Timothy uh, that will uh, pick up the baton and carry on and he is writing here and he says in verse number six for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand I have fought a good fight I have finished my course I have kept the faith henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I want to read one of verse. You don't need to turn. But it's the words of our Lord himself as he is speaking in the word of God. And he says in John chapter number 9, in verse number 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. Let's pray. Our gracious and most kind Heavenly Father, Lord, we're indeed thankful for the privilege and the honor of, of being able to be in this service this morning and uh, be with the, these uh, uh, folks that are here. Our hearts thrill. And uh, Lord, we're here with anticipation and excitement of what I believe that, that you desire to do. I pray that uh, you would put your hand upon uh, every service, every song, every preacher, every, every testimony. Lord, everything that would be dead and uh, said and done, Lord, would honor and magnify you. And Lord, uh, uh, we'll just give you the glory and the honor for all that you're doing. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. When we come, as I said, to this passage of Scripture, uh, the Apostle Paul has, uh, being led of the Spirit of God, is uh, making his way to prepare his exit and, and uh, go into the presence of God. And as he begins to write here in this particular uh, chapter that we read, may I say there's something interesting uh, that we need to note that that I believe can be a help to us as the children of God. And that truth is this, uh, uh, when Paul makes these words here, uh, he, it is far more than, than the fact that the Apostle Paul has accepted the fact uh, that he's going to die. Uh, may I say, uh, uh, Paul's not just saying, well, uh, it's my time to go and uh, you know, uh, as it appointed unto man once to die, and after this to judgment, and my time's come to an end, and, and I'm just going to, uh, to slip out uh, and uh, move into the presence of God. May I say, uh, it's far more uh, than just uh, an acknowledgement of the fact 
uh, that, that Paul uh, has come to the fact that he has uh, agreed to the fact that I'm one day going to die. Matter of fact, uh, you don't have to be overly intelligent uh, to realize that every one of us in this room, uh, one way or another, one, one time or another, we're all going to slip out into eternity. Uh, the Bible describes our life like a vapor. It describes our life like a flower of the field. It describes our life that is here today and gone tomorrow. And may I say Paul's saying there as he's writing, it's not just the fact that I know that I'm going to die. But Paul says, I want to draw you a little picture here. And look at verse number 6. And I want to draw you to a couple of words here. Notice Paul says, I am now ready to die. I am now ready to die. In other words, every one of us in this uh, tent this morning, may I say as we sit here, uh, we may have, have made preparations uh, out of whereby uh, we know that we're saved and we know that one day that, that we're going to uh, leave here. And In other words, that preparation is a preparation in which we've settled uh, our residency after we leave this world. But the question I want to ask this morning is not have you made preparation for a residency, but are you now ready at this moment in time that is the determination of your rewards. Are you ready at this moment knowing? That, in other words, when Paul talks about now being ready, he said there's a crown. There's something waiting me. I'm now at this very moment. I've lived in such a capacity that I know rewards await me at this moment in time. Notice, if you will, that little phrase now. It means even now at this moment, uh, most assuredly. Now, you say, well, what's so significant about that? Well, let me make this comment. If he says, I'm now ready, that means that there was a time that he wasn't ready. Now, I'm not talking about a time he wasn't saved. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there was a time that he knew that he was redeemed, but he wasn't necessarily ready at that moment to, how to step into the presence of God. You say, how do you know that? Now, let me read you a verse uh, of Scripture. You'll, you'll know it by heart, but it's found uh, over in the book of Philippians. And As I said, uh, uh, you'll know it by heart, but uh, he makes this comment in chapter number 1 and verse number 23. He says, for I am in a straight betwixt two, having a desire to part and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. In other words, uh, uh, Paul knew that he was uh, saved. Paul knew where he was going to go uh, when, he was, uh, uh, when he died and left this world. But over there in the book of Philippians, uh, he said, I'm in a straight betwixt two. I have a desire. Yes, I know. Heaven's my home. Yes, I know. If death would come, I'm ready uh, there. And I know that I'll be in his presence. But yet, there's something still pulling me and holding me in this world. But I want you to notice something has happened in his life. All of a sudden there's no longer a pull for this world. All of a sudden now the Apostle Paul is saying uh, at this very moment, uh, most assuredly, uh, in other words, uh, uh, he's saying, I am now ready to be offered. 
I love that little word ready there. That, that word ready, you need to remember the Apostle Paul. I was a, I was a Jew of the Apostle Paul. I was, a, I was a Pharisee and he knew intricately of the workings of the offerings. In other words, everything that went in to the sacrificial offerings unto the Lord. And, and when this word that he uses here, he's, he's got a picture in his mind. When they would bring a, a goat or bring a sheep in to be offered up as an offering unto to God uh, the priest would examine that offering and, and he would look at that offering and every aspect uh, he'd check its eyes and he'd check its uh, legs and he'd check for infirmities and, and once that priest uh, was totally satisfied he would get a horn of oil and he would pour that oil over the top of that, of that sacrifice. And Paul is saying, uh, I, I'm at a point, uh, I'm at a point, Brother Smith, I don't worry about not just a earthly priest, uh, but a heavenly priest, uh, the great high priest, uh, has did an examination of my life. Uh, he's checked every aspect of my life. And I'm to the point that I can almost feel the warm oil have run down over my life as God is saying, okay, Paul, you're now ready to be offered into my presence. I wonder about you this morning. As a child of God, not have you made just a preparation uh, to a residency, but I wonder, is your life such uh, this morning uh, that, that, that the heavenly uh, priest uh, could examine your life and look at your life and examine every aspect uh, of your life and could say uh, most assuredly, hey, there's some rewards. Uh, there's something that I desire uh, to give you. You're now ready right now to be an offering into the presence of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to tell you, I desire that kind of uh, exit into the presence of God. My, I, my wife's here. You can ask her. You can talk to her after the service about it. But you know, I, I, I tell you, I, 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 as a child of God, every aspect of my life, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one way to meet God, and that is uh, to meet God in the very best state that you can meet Him in. I, I want to do the best I can in everything I do. It doesn't matter who, what it is. or who, Every now and then, Glenn and I will be around somewhere, and they'll have a bunch of little kids, and, and we'll be praying around. I enjoy being around kids, and, and uh, pretty soon uh, maybe one of them wants to play tic-tac-toe or checkers or something. And, and one time I was with uh, a couple, and we were playing, uh, uh, we playing tic-tac-toe with the kids, and, and Glenn looked at me and said, let them win. I said, you let them win. She said, you know, that's your problem. Uh, you take the fun out of everything. Uh, no, I want to tell you something. As far as I'm concerned, uh, whether it be a child of God or whatever it is, uh, may I say, there's no room uh, for second place. Uh, I want to be the best that I can be in the honor and the glory of God. May I say the Apostle Paul felt the same way. And may I say up to this moment in his life, uh, he's been moving along. He's been uh, traveling along. There, there's been a tug of this world. But all of a sudden now, uh, the sweet spirit of God begins to move upon his soul. And he's saying uh, uh, there, Brother Bobby, it's now, it's now, right now, I'm ready to be given as an offering into the presence of God. As I begin to think about that, the question that I had to ask myself, 
If I want that kind of exit and I want that kind of entrance into the presence of God, what's it going to take? What's it going to take? In other words, there has to be something here in the Apostle Paul's testimony that reveals there's certain aspects, there's, there's certain things that are there that at this moment that, that he knows has now brought about this readiness within his heart and his life. I want to give you three things that I believe that if somehow will be in my life as a child of God, that I can that I can have this this peace of, of to the tranquility of knowing it's now. I, in other words, uh, there's 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 a point that right now I'm now ready. Notice, if you will, first of all, in in in, in the Word of God here. Notice uh, in verse number seven, I believe first of all there's a the recognition of a clear conscience. The recognition of a clear conscience. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Now, what you have to realize is in order to grasp the magnitude of what Paul's talking about, you have to sort of go back to, to, his, to his earlier conversion. In other words, that day and hour, that, 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 that man, that... that that individual known as Saul of Tarsus, that man that was making havoc of the church, and that man that, that had gained a fish full of warrants, that, that was going off down on the Damascus Road to seek out any of that way, that, that man that, 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 that everybody was afraid of and that had, that had led people to the slaughter, that, that had did harm to God and the things of God. On that Damascus road, he was converted. That Damascus road, God Himself met him. And there on that Damascus road, uh, he, he, is, uh, he is brought to a saving knowledge. And, and there on that Damascus road, uh, he's saved by the marvelous grace of God. But in a blinded state, he is led down there to wait for a word from God. And God begins to speak on the other end of the uh, spectrum. And you know, let me just inject this. May I say, God has the ability to work on both ends at the same time. Amen. Hey, I want to tell you, don't, don't, get, don't think that, that God doesn't know where you are. God's not working in your behalf. Hey, I've got some news for you, dear friend. He has the ability to work on both ends at the same time. And here Paul is in a blinded state waiting for a word from the Lord, and God begins to, to speak unto a man by the name of Ananias. And Ananias is, is fearful in the aspects of, he knows who this Saul is. He knows the harm that he's caused. He knows the aspect of what's going on. And in order to quieten his heart, the Lord speaks unto Ananias. And listen to what he says of Saul of Tarsus. He is a chosen vessel unto be bear my name to before the Gentiles. And the children of Israel, now listen to this, for I will show him what great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, unlike you and I, Paul, Paul had an awareness, maybe not to every event, but Paul had an awareness of where his life was going to take him. Paul had an awareness of the trials that he would face. 
Paul, in other words, uh, may I say, uh, being stoned didn't surprise him. May I say, being shipwrecked didn't surprise him. Being in the night, in the deep, uh, a day and the night didn't surprise him. May I say, he knew the in, uh, the integral workings that God somehow had revealed in him the great things he must suffer. But may I say, this is what Paul knew in that journey that I had been making in that prescribed journey that God has, has directed me in that, in that prescribed uh, life that God has laid out for me. Please get this. I believe Paul is saying here, Brother Bobby, I've given God my best. I wonder this morning, I'm not talking about somebody else doing an examination. I'm talking about God doing an examination. I wonder, could you honestly say, I've given God my best. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've, I've, I, have, I have been that individual. And, and, and please, please get this. This, this, this statement, but I honestly, uh, uh, it, it devastates me in a way. When Paul is speaking uh, to the elders uh, down there at Ephesus, uh, just a matter of days before he'll ultimately end up uh, for the last time in Rome uh, there to give his life. Uh, he makes this statement. He says, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. I have no blood on my hands. I, you know, I, I'm being honest, Brother Smith. I don't know that I can say that. I don't know the times that I've known the Spirit of God to be moving in my heart and maybe to encourage a word of testimony or whatever it was to know maybe that I passed that opportunity. I'm talking about right now. I'm right now. If 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 before this, before we were to fold this tent up this week, I wonder, I wonder, is there is there a heart? I wonder, is there a life? I wonder, is there there there's someone that right now the Spirit of God has put upon your heart that you know that maybe that you need to witness to. I'm not talking about the preacher needs to visit or or some member of the church needs to visit, but I'm talking about right now a friend, a loved one, a spouse, a, a neighbor, a, a work associate. I wonder right now you you've been put out there. God is directing. God is guiding. I wonder right now could you could you uh, uh, say that there's someone before this week is out that I too and order to get the blood off my hands that I need to give a word of testimony he's saying God's inspected my life God's looked over my life and as he's looked over my life he's known as, as he has directed as he has guided that, that I am free I'm at this very point in my life I'm ready for the reward I'm ready to step into the presence of God because I have a clear conscience let me give you this example I don't know why I need to do this but I feel led of the Lord to do it you know sometimes it's not always easy to give that word of testimony 
Sometimes that word of testimony brings an, in a, an area of embarrassment to the flesh. I remember there's a particular church I preach at, been preaching at, I don't know how long, but, but I'll be there. Matter of fact, I'll be there in November. And I've been staying at one motel for, I, I don't even know how many years. I give up. I don't even know how many years. Same motel. I stay there twice a year. I stay there at that same motel. And I, 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 when I go into that motel and I walk up, it, it, they, the church has already got it ready. The church has already got it paid for. The, I mean, it, same year. And don't ask me, Brother Smith, why it bothers me. But I walk up and the first question is, can we have a, can we have a credit card to put on file? And I, and I say, well, what do you need a credit card? The church is paying for it. And they look at me and say, yeah, but this is for incidentals. I said, what kind of incidentals am I going to have? And anyway, I, I, I went in. I don't, I don't know why, but it just, it just sort of, they, same question. Can we have a credit card? And I, you know, and I, I spoke to this guy and I said, I don't understand. And I, I made a comment or two and, and uh, I got ready. I got ready. I got my key and went to the room. And uh, I was in my room, Brother Smith. And the Lord said, now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn around. I want you to go back down to the front desk. And I want you to tell that guy that you're a Baptist preacher. And I want you to tell him you're here to preach in, in, in the church over here. And you've just acted like anything but a, but a preacher and anything like a, but a, but a Christian. Good. And, you, and I want you to tell him that you're sorry that you do that and you'd love to have him You'd love to make it right, and you'd love to invite him to church. You say, what'd you have to do? I'll tell you what I had to do. I had to go down to that same guy, look him in the eye, and say, let me tell you something. I'm sorry. You say, what's your point? I don't want blood on my hands. I, I, listen, you say, well, uh, why'd you tell that story? Maybe maybe the thing that's holding you back uh, this morning is saying, well, I can't do that. It's embarrassing. Yes, it may be embarrassing. Uh, yes, they may have seen you in a moment that was uncharacteristic of a child of God. But go there and tell them that children of God aren't perfect. They're just redeemed by the marvelous grace of God. Amen. Paul said, I'm now ready. I've got a clear conscience. Right now at this moment in time, God Himself has, has, has examined my life and I am free. I am, I am ready to stand in the presence of God. But then notice secondly, if you will, I recognize not only a clear conscience, but notice in verse number 7, I recognize a completed course. He said, I have now finished my course. There's two things I notice about, about this, this word finished here. That, that word finished there, it means to complete or execute or conclude or discharge a debt or, or to bring to an end. But I love this. Don't miss this. The idea is life's not just come to an end for Paul. That word finish means to not only bring to an end, but bring to a determined end that's already been planned. In other words, Paul's saying, life's not just over, but I've lived in such a manner that I've come to the desired end of life that God has planned for me. 
In other words, Paul's saying, I'm not planning my life. God planned it for me. You know, I, 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 I hate to say this, but I want to tell you this morning, I, I don't know if you've ever did this or not, but I encourage you, even no matter who you are, I encourage you to allow God's will to be done in your life. Not, In other words, uh, you know, I, I'm afraid now. I'm just being honest. Uh, I've been, as I told the Sunday school, I've been saved 60 years. And you know how many, how many of us, how most of us approach uh, the will of God? We, we go out there and we list all the things we want to do and then we run into the presence of God and we begin to pray, Lord, would you bless this? You say, well, how do you get the will of God? Get a blank sheet of paper, write your name at the bottom and say, God, fill in the blanks. Amen. Fill in the blanks. God has a desire for your life. He has a will for your life. And Paul's saying, hey, i tell you what I can do. I can attest to the fact that I have finished. I have come to the desired end. And Paul's saying, I didn't determine the course. God determined the course. And then second, Paul's saying, I didn't disqualify myself in the course. I didn't, I didn't, in other words, uh, uh, the idea in 2 Timothy there, chapter number 2 and verse number 5, uh, the idea is Paul saying, hey, I didn't step uh, out of bounds. I've not, I've not uh, disqualified myself from being a winner when I crossed the line. But I love this, and I don't know if it'll excite you like it did me. But Paul uses the exact same word for his exit that Jesus did for his. Now think about this just for a moment. When Jesus was suspended between heaven and earth, looking into the face of his heavenly Father, he said, it is finished. Now, think about this. I, I, I mean, it, I'm, I'm talking about, I, it, it stirs my heart. Paul is as satisfied with the life that he lived that Jesus was with him. You say, well, how, how satisfied was Jesus? Jesus said, I do only those things that please him. I, I, in other words, Jesus said, it doesn't make no difference, whatever it is. He said, there's not my words. It's not my works. None of it. It's all whatever he wants. You say, Brother Bob, how can, I, how can I get to that place that I'm now ready when you get to the point that you know that whatever it is that God has desired for you to do, you're willing to, you've not only been willing, but you've completed those tasks to the point that now you're going to, you're satisfied with your life as Jesus was with you. Notice one last thing that I believe that I think is exciting. He's now ready not only because he has a clear conscience. He's not only ready because he has a completed course, but he's now ready because he has a chosen companion. You say, what do you mean, Brother Bob? Well, who's he writing to? He's writing to a young man by the name of Timotheus, Timothy. You say, well, what's the point? In other words, the whole reason his point is uh, he, he, he's getting ready to turn over. He's getting ready to uh, pass on the baton. In other words, uh, uh, there's still a work to be done. There's still a, a ministry to be performed. There's still a, a God that needs to be exalted and magnified. And what Paul is doing in his life is he has been, been uh, preparing and working in the life of another so that the point comes uh, that the ministry doesn't die when he dies. 
Can I ask you a question this morning? Where's your Timothy? Good. Where's your Timothy? Where, where, where's the young men, young ladies that are going to follow on? That's going to sing in the choir, lead the music, play the pianos, preach the messages, teach the classes, take care of a one or a master club or whatever. Where are they? See, the truth of the matter is, and I'm not being mean, it's far easier to give this than it is to give yourself. Amen. That's right. It's far easier to somehow give the green stuff and, and settle the aspect, well, I paid for it. No, wait a minute. Whatever happened to getting involved in it? Here Paul is, he's pouring his life uh, into a man and as he pours his life uh, uh, into a man uh, uh, over there and you don't need to turn but write the reference down over there in Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 19 through verse number 22 he talks about, about this man, uh, about, about, about his life and uh, how that all men seek their own but, but not Timothy, oh no, uh, this man, uh, he, he's the real deal. And over there, Paul will use a word to describe Timothy that literally means free of wax. You say, well, what's that got to do? In other words, back in the day and hour that Paul lived, the majority of vessels that were used were either wood or pottery. There was some metal, but, but metal was hard to come by. And most of, most of the uh, natural material that was over there was, was those what those men and people that did, the, the potters, uh, a lot of times when they would fire a vessel, there would be a hairline crack come in that vessel. And if they were an honest potter, they'd break it and throw it away. But if they were dishonest, they had found out that they could take wax and fill the crevice and, and, and that, that wax would would allow whatever the material like water or milk or something it would still contain without the vessel leaking but there was two problems if it ever got exposed to heat or it ever got exposed to the light the crack would be revealed may I say there's a lot of folks out there that's got a lot of cracks and infirmities that are pretending to be the real thing. You say, Brother Bob, what will reveal them? The heat and the light. You say, why? Because when the heat came, the wax had melted. And anyone that bought a vessel found out, Brother Bobby, that if they wanted to really know the worth of the vessel, all they needed to do was take it out of the shadows, walk out into the noonday sun, look straight up through the throat of the vessel, and if there was a crack, he'd reveal himself. You say, Brother Bob, how do you find out what's real? Put it up against the light. Amen. You know what he's saying? I want to tell you, when I've tried Timothy, he's been exposed to the heat, he's been exposed to the light, but he's the real deal. Amen. I want to tell you, I want to, I want to not just leave here, but I want to leave here with some folks that are willing and ready that I've involved in my life that they're ready to take on the ministry and continue right on.
somebody that'll keep raising tents and holding meetings. Some people that will continue to sing on and continue to move on. Paul was more than just ready to die. Paul was ready to meet the Lord. The question that I want to ask you this morning is not just are you ready to die, but are you ready to meet the Lord? I hope every one of you has already made preparation for a residency. But I wonder are you living to the point that you want and desire some rewards when you meet Him? You know, the Bible says that one of these days we're going to stand. There's a foundation that's been laid. But hey, I say we begin to build on that foundation of wood, hay, and stubble, gold, silver, precious stone. And the Bible said one day, and the fire shall declare it. May I say one of these days I'm afraid that a lot of people are going to get into heaven. They're going to get in with the smell of smoke. May I say I want some things that will remain. Because may I say, it's only the things that remain will really testify to the fact of how much I love Him. Of how much I love Him. I wonder this morning, can you say like the Apostle Paul, I am now ready at this moment, having been inspected by the, by the great high priest, I am now ready to step into His presence. I now anticipate not just a residency, but I anticipate rewards that await that I might bring glory and honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Would you stand, please?